Welcome to Weighing In on Happy, the only podcast that dives deep into discussions around weight, eating disorders, mental health, body image, intuitive eating, wellness, confidence, and so much more. Each week, you'll be coached through different stories and strategies on how to start living your best life today. So if you're ready, here's your host, Victoria Evans. Hey, you guys, welcome back to Weighing In on Happy. I am so excited today to have Esther Inman joining us live. So thank you for coming today. Yes, I'm super excited to talk about everything that we have on the list because it's stuff that I'm super passionate about. Yes. And oh my goodness, you guys, you should see her right now. She is lit up. She has beautiful glasses on. She's just brimming with energy and sunlight and love. So I'm so excited to get this conversation started. You guys are going to learn and gain so much from her. So before we dive into everything, I want to know a little bit more about yourself. Okay, so I am originally from San Diego, California. I was a local girl who swore she would never marry a military man because there's a huge Marine Corps base there and just happened to fall in love with one accidentally when I was working abroad and he happened to get stationed in my hometown of San Diego and then we got married. So that is where my roots are. But I have been traveling, obviously, for a long time because I taught um, at an international school abroad. I also spent so much of my college years. I actually lived at home and then would save up all my money so that I could travel. (laughs) I chose to live at home during college. So I've always been a traveler. And two years ago, well, let's see, let's go back further than that. So after we got married, I found myself as a military spouse with a son and a spouse who's always gone. So my husband was either deployed for eight to nine months at a time, like barely any contact even. Um, Or if he was home, he was working 12 to 15 hours at nighttime. So we literally would never see him ever. Even on the weekend, we would only have a day and a half together. And so it was at this point that I was really struggling to maintain a corporate career. And so I actually quit my job and was determined to figure out how people were working online and working remotely. I didn't know how they were doing it, but I was determined to figure it out. (laughs) So I started working online actually as a virtual assistant doing a variety of different admin tasks for different kinds of business owners. Um, And it was great and it was amazing. Um, Close to my husband finishing up his contract in the military, he actually started to show some really serious symptoms. He was only wanted to drink or take showers and play video games. He was sleepwalking and just acting completely different than the person that I had married. And we found out later that he was showing some really serious psychiatric issues due to multiple traumatic brain injuries that he had had. Um, So PTSD and TBIs are extremely common. Um, TBI is kind of, I feel like the silent sister or brother because PTSD gets all of the, you know, focus in the media. Um, But TBI is actually quite up there as well. And so he had a total psychiatric breakdown actually. And thank goodness that I was working online because my was, I was able to keep my son safe and leave that situation when we needed to. And I decided that it would be a perfect opportunity to start traveling the world with him as a single mom digital nomad. <laughs> so I did that for about a year 
And it allowed my son to have the, I mean, my husband, it allowed my husband to have the space that he needed to heal and work on himself and get his medications squared away and sort himself out. And then by then we were based in Bali and he ended up coming to Bali and joining us here. And we've been traveling the world as a family going and healing together for about a year now as well. That's a, that's just an incredible story. And so I love how you are really challenging what is possible in terms of what you can do online. I know for me, I felt so stuck when I was working in my corporate job and I didn't understand that there was this whole other world out there where I could travel and I could do the things that I loved and have that freedom. And so you said you, you're doing a lot of online VA work and I know that is really something that you're in right now. And can you kind of explain more what that looks like for women who are like, oh, I really want to travel and I want to live a life of freedom. And what does that mean? And what can that look like for them? So what I tell people is you want to find something that you can do online that you love and enjoy to do. So don't try to look for the exact same thing you were doing in corporate if you hated what you were doing in corporate and it wasn't just about the walls. <laughs> I mean, because once you're working online in Thailand, you're still going to hate it. <laughs> so I really believe that people need to find what they're passionate about and make steps towards an online career that is aligned with that. And it's okay if you might not be 100% qualified for that yet, but at least have that goal in mind and start to take the steps towards that goal. And so the reason that I'm so passionate about virtual assisting, um, I've actually helped over 500 women work online as virtual assistants now. And the reason I'm so passionate about this niche in particular, not only because it was so successful for me, but because anyone from any background, anywhere in the world, any level of English, you don't have to have a degree, you can have a degree, whatever, can start working as a virtual assistant and make great money and you can align the type of people you work with and businesses that you work with with things that you are passionate about. So if you love dogs and pets, I'm placing a VA with a famous pet training influencer. Never would have thought of that, but that's a total niche. She has a whole virtual team. <laughs> and so that's just one example of whatever you're passionate about, home and gardening, parenting, um, travel, all of those are niches that we've placed virtual assistants with. And even if you're like, well, I don't want to be a virtual assistant forever, that's okay too. You can start there and start to figure out what the next steps in your online career that you want to take in that area. So that's why I love it. I realize that not everybody wants to be an assistant forever. And I realize that some people are like, well, I was a remote project manager. Well, that's nice because you hated it. So if we're going to switch gears, then you need to do it properly. <laughs> So anyway, that's, um, and virtual assistants do a variety of different tasks. Um, what my program teaches is content repurposing because that's really famous right now and always will get you a job. So it's taking somebody's video or like a podcast episode, for example, and turning it into a blog post and social media posts and an Instagram story and Instagram posts. And then maybe the email newsletter and the show notes that it's being able to take that piece of content. So somebody who hosts a podcast like you would have a VA and all you have to do as the host is record it and then you can hand it over to the virtual assistant and they could do the rest. So this is a very popular skill set and that's why I teach it. But there's so many different kinds of things that you could do as a virtual assistant. That's just one area. Um, but yeah, that's an example of what kinds of things they do and just why I'm so passionate about it. 
Yeah, and I, I absolutely love it. And I think it's so important for, I know for me, I was so unhappy in my corporate career, but I struggled for so long and I stuck in it because I couldn't put a finger on what it was I didn't like about it. And so for me, I really had to sit down and be like, okay, what do I not like about this job? And what do I like about this job? Instead of just quitting and then being like, now what? Or just moving into another job that was similar, that had a similar job title. When it wasn't that, that wasn't the problem. The problem was I wasn't, like you said, passionate about what I was doing. I wasn't interested in what I was doing. And so I actually just sit down and write it a list, be like, okay, what do I like about my corporate job? And what do I not like about my corporate job? And what are the values? What are the things that I am passionate about within that? And where can I seek that elsewhere? And then a very long-termy world of events I ended up being an intuitive eating coach now living in Bali. But it's absolutely so important to understand, yeah, what are you passionate about? And for example, when you are starting work like VA, it's not even necessarily like that is the end goal, but sometimes you have to do these things to gain skills and to learn and be like, oh, I'm actually super passionate about this. And I had no idea. I didn't even know, like you said, like that this was an option to work with animals online or whatever it is. And Oh, I was just going to say, I think also that part of the issue is because since we were kids, it was ingrained in us to pick this one job that you're going to do when you grow up and you're going to go to college for that. And then you're going to do that job until you retire and die. And that's just not reality. It's not reality anywhere. It is still for a lot of people in the corporate world. It is still the reality for a lot of people who are older than us. I know that my husband's parents tell him that all the time. What are you going to do about retirement? And he's like, guys, I'm already retired and living my best life. What are you talking about? And so they're still stuck there. But the rest of us have come to the light and we realize that you can do lots of different things. You can do stuff that you're passionate about that doesn't even feel like work because you love to do it all day. Like that is the reality of so many people now. And so it's just a matter of figuring out kind of what you think it might be and just start taking steps towards it. And I always like to say that the next step you're supposed to take is going to be revealed when it's time to take it. So you just keep going. Yeah. And it's, a matter of taking that step because I know so many people get stuck with that kind of ducks in a row syndrome. Like they're like, okay, I'm just going to make sure I have this much money in a bank account and this is done here and this kid is in this school and this is that and whatever, whatever. And then they realize like, okay, I've waited my entire life or I've waited this many years and where am I now? Like I'm not any happier, I'm not any further along. I just have different excuses. And so it's like, it's just a matter of taking action and for a lot of people, and I know myself, like I had so much anxiety about that action. But yeah. the ironic thing about action is that it cures anxiety. And it's that mm. indecision around the action that is actually the anxiety producing. Once you start taking action, Absolutely. you can figure it out. You know, yep. like people are here to help you, like you, like you're there to hold their hand through this journey if they want to work in this field. Like they're like, where do I start? There's people to help you hold your hand, like I said, through this. But it's a matter of being like, okay, let's do it instead of sitting that indecisive state which is so much more painful and so it's just we're the worst and then i started taking action and everything started to fall into place yeah and it's not like 
those situations aren't going to be presented again. So one thing that I'm really serious about is also presenting an honest truth about what it looks like to work online and work remotely. Because it's not all, now I work online and everything's perfect and it's rosy and I just wake up when I want and I relax in my home. Like, it's not like that. There's clients I just like working with. There's uncomfortable conversations I have to have. People that I hire that don't work out that I have to let go. Just because I work online doesn't mean those problems end. So just because you make the first step to start working remotely and you think you have the job and then you end up not liking it or they didn't get back to you. I see so many people, even in my program, and they're like, I didn't hear back from the job I applied for. I don't think I could do this. It's like, what? <laughs> you just sent one application. <laughs> so you have to, you're constantly going to come against those kinds of obstacles and they're not going to go away. You just have to get better at dealing with them and not just, oh, I'm just going to stay right here. It's easier. It is easier if I just do this. It's not easier. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so true. And so it's so important as well to really look at the aspect that the more you do these things, the more that you put yourself out there, the more confident you become in it. And so one of the things that when you're in this kind of work, like you're working online, you're in VA, when you're running kind of your own business, is it really brings to the front um, some of the things that you think about yourself and then allows you to grow as a person. So like if I would have stayed in my corporate job, I probably would have been really stuck at this level of confidence and feeling like I wasn't adequate and always seeking another like another promotion to try to fit that. But now that I'm over here and I'm constantly challenged with like, this person didn't reply to my email, this person made me comment, this person did this, and I'm okay. Like I'm so much more of a person as a result because I decided to take that step and no, it's not always easy. But like, it's one of those things where I'm always growing and I'm always getting better. Absolutely. And it's funny you mentioned that. Now, now that you said it, I'm thinking about it, I think that that's why I have a hard time when I go back to visit America and visit family. And they're telling me about the things that are like really upsetting them in their life. And like, she said this about me and this drama. And I just am like, who cares? <laughs> Like I just, that stuff doesn't faze me. People say mean stuff about me on the internet every single day and I just delete it and I don't care. <laughs> so I think you're right. I think the better that, the longer that you keep going and dealing with difficult stuff as it comes up, the stronger and stronger you get and nothing can hold you back at a certain point. At a certain point, your brain is trained, literally trained to see a problem and just go into solution mode rather than the freezing and I don't know what to do. I'm just going to stay here anxiety mode. So part of training your brain is just, doing it like you just have to keep doing it even though it's scary and then eventually the scary will go away or it'll get quieter so you can ignore it easier <laughs> yeah oh, oh it's so it's like it's that resilience that is just built up when you are in this line of work and it's yeah, like you know, i talk to her i hear other people back home complaining about different things i'm just like that used to be my life like these yeah. problems used to crush and it's so interesting now being on another side of it to have this different level of like, oh, that doesn't even phase me. And having so much more time and energy with my life to be able to do these things because I'm no longer at home being like, oh, my person said this or said what and just wasting time on those kind of insignificant problems. Absolutely. And I know you talk really openly about being a play model and you said you dealt with self-esteem issues and that plays confidence is just so key when it comes to anything when it comes to business and work and life so kind of how does that tie in and can you share a bit more on kind of what that journey was 
So I always wanted to be a plus size model. But when I was probably like in my early 20s, late teens, when it's kind of normal for people to go into modeling, plus size modeling wasn't really a thing. It was just barely starting. I'm about to turn 34. So, I mean, just in the last five years, it's really become a popular thing. Um, so it was not, it just wasn't really a popular thing. And it seemed really overwhelming to get into it. You had to go get an agent and it wasn't like now where you can be an influencer and just be a model <laughs> that way. So, um, so I just kind of had dreamed about it and I always had people telling me I should and could model. And I'm also short, I'm only five, five. So I kind of put it on the back burner. And I will also say that part of my business and selling my VA training programs is showing up. I have to be on video. I have to be on Instagram stories. I have to do YouTube. Like I have to be in front of the camera all the time. I have to do speaking engagements and be very confident and comfortable with the way that I look. So if it wasn't plus size modeling, then it was all this other stuff that I needed to be doing too. So I had to get over it, my weight and my issues with my weight a long time ago. But the modeling thing just kind of kept nagging in the back of my head and I kept wanting to do it. And I ended up, when I first came to Bali, I was mentoring at a uh, program called Institute of Code. And I was working with influencers and we were teaching social media boot camps, social media and influencer, people who want to be influencer boot camps. And it was the first time that I started to see how the models looked before the photos got done. Everybody had these skin imperfections, acne, rolls, met fried out hair. Like everyone had all kinds of normal scars, like normal stuff. But by the time the photos were done, you couldn't tell. And everybody there who were these, I mean, I'm talking hundreds of thousands and millions of followers, they do regular photo shoots, were telling me the same thing. You could totally do this too. You could totally be a model. Just learn how to do it and do it. And so that really, really helped me a lot. And they started kind of making me do shoots to try and just were like, look, we're doing a shoot, come on, join. And once I started to see the first and second photo shoot photos come back was when I was like, oh my gosh, I can do this. Wow, this is actually an op, like these are really good. Um, and I learned that it's the way that you pose. It's the way that you move your body. It's the way that the clothes hang. Everybody has these different kind of, I don't want to call them imperfections because it's not that there's something wrong with them. It's just everybody's bodies look differently. And this girl is perfect for this kind of photo shoot and this clothing line. And Esther is great for this photo shoot and this clothing line. Like everybody is different. And so you just kind of have to find the brands that align with you and doesn't have to even always do with weight. Some women have tattoos and so they can only go for certain kinds of brands because of their kind of more tattoo look. Other people are, you know, blonde eye, blonde hair, blue eyes and really like picturesque so they go for a different kind of brand so it's really more about that and then i think just the way that anybody can pretty much do modeling now <laughs> if you kind of get in with the right brands and influencers and stuff and build up your own audience helped me immensely and so that's kind of how i got into it and just yeah i think seeing all the different kinds of people and different kinds of bodies and seeing them be successful and telling them i could do it for real really helped me to get over how I look and just realize that we all look different and that's just part of it. It's so interesting like the yeah seeing the before and the after photos 
Like, what are your thoughts on that? Because I think for a lot of women who, especially young women who are looking online and are seeing these models, they're like, oh my God, I want to look like them. And they don't realize that, like you said, like they're just humans and they just have like a really good Photoshop skills, but also they know exactly how to pose their body and they know how to dress their, like, there's so many different elements that go into it. And then we, but then we compare ourselves right next to it. So like, what, what do you think about that in terms of just women who aspire to be models, but then can't necessarily identify with what's happening? Yeah. So what I would say is that unfollow those accounts and stop looking at the things that are supporting a fake look. So some women are just thinner and that's just how they look and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But if that's going to make you feel less than and like I can't do this then go and find all of the women who do look more like you and you really identify with them and the brands that are all inclusive and follow them so fill your feeds fill your magazines fill your life with those kinds of images and you will start to be like oh my gosh look at her she's got some rolls on her stomach I could do it too and it'll start to really replace those thought patterns and like sit and look at them I did I look at plus size models that were killing it. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, she's bigger than me. Oh my gosh, look at her. She's got a booty too or whatever. (laughs) She's on the cover with wearing a swimsuit and she's the same size as me. And it'll start to fix that kind of stuff. It doesn't have to be weight. It could be whatever your thing is. Everybody's got different things. Some people have scars. Some people have birthmarks. Some people have a weird hair thing that they're not comfortable with. Whatever that thing is, go and find the accounts and the people and the brands that are all inclusive and are supportive in those areas and it'll start to replace the the stuff that's fake and mocked up and not based on reality or it's just not you and so you can't see yourself in it and so it's not helping it's hurting yeah oh i so agree and like you said it's some people are just naturally slim and a lot i think a lot of people will they tend to like demonize almost at this point. It's like this idea that it's like this body positive movement. It's almost like us against them, thin against larger. When it's body positive, just accepting of all different types. It's just like be yourself and accept that and accept that others look the way that they do. So when it comes to looking at these different women, it's really just exposing yourself to different body types and following accounts that, yeah, you see yourself in a bit more. Cause when you see yourself represented in media, then you're more likely to accept your own instead of like in my case, I work with who are constantly trying to change their own body because they don't see themselves represented. So go out on social media and use it in a positive way and find accounts that you identify with and that make you feel empowered and expansive instead of like, you need to change something about yourself. Exactly. And there's so many. Once you get into it, you realize it's this rabbit hole. And that's all I see. I don't see anything else that would make me feel bad about myself. All I see is stuff that makes me feel aligned with these women and that, yeah, you're killing it. I'm killing it. We're both doing this. And that's the kinds of things that you want to fill your brain. And you don't realize how much marketing stuff you're consuming between TV and social media and email and ads on the magazines and on the Metro all the time. So you have to purposefully try to replace that stuff where you can with things that are going to be more positive for yourself. Otherwise you'll go nuts. <laughs> yeah. I call, I call it like actively curating your feed. Yes. Like you need to be 
so intentional about it. Otherwise, yeah, you basically fall victim to it. And the way your brain functions, it's going to latch onto these images of healthy for you and try to change it because that's what it's just seeing. But if you expose yourself to more options and different people that you relate with, then all of a sudden it changes everything and you're able to actually accept yourself. So I love Yeah. That. And another thing that I think has helped me a lot is actually travel. I didn't mention this before. But once I've traveled into some different cultures, that was not a Western culture. And I realized that Western culture is pretty, there's some Asian cultures as well, but it's pretty much the only one that is like, you need to be blonde haired, blue eyed and super, super skinny and tall. That It's not like that in other places. So when I started traveling to other parts of the world, I was the most beautiful one out of the group the one who weighs over 200 pounds, the men were just going gaga. And I was like, what the heck? And I started learning that every country, every culture group, they all have different standards of beauty. It's insane. And so once you start to like expand that as well, and I started noticing too that my friend, I have a friend who teases herself because of how skinny she is. And she, I don't tease her obviously, but she um, eats total garbage. She just eats junk food all the time. And she's the tiniest one out of all of our group of friends. And seeing that, I started realizing, huh, I have a lot of friends that do that. I eat the healthiest out of everybody because, you know, I'm always supposed to be on a diet because I've been over 200 pounds forever. So I'll be eating the healthiest. And all the other women in my friendship group will eat junk, you know, quote, junk and they are smaller than me. This doesn't make any sense. So it's kind of like between all of those three things, seeing the body positive movement, traveling different cultures and seeing the different standards of beauty and seeing in my friendship groups, how women of all different sizes eat all different kinds of ways and everybody's bodies are just different. It totally rechanged my trajectory of how I feel about myself. Yeah, I love that. And so I was gonna ask you kind of what you've learned in this journey but I feel like maybe that kind of answers that question. Um, or did you want to add to that a little bit more? Yeah, I think the biggest thing though, the overarching thing, the reason why those three messages were so important mm -hmm. is because I, they were holding me back from showing up. Mm -hmm. And by you not showing up, you're holding back and the world needs you. The world needs whatever that gift is that you have, whatever the passion is, whatever the nonprofit is that you want to start, whatever that thing is, it needs you. And so if you're the way that you feel about your body is preventing you from showing up onto video, onto Instagram stories, emailing the people who've said that they want to hear about the nonprofit you're starting, whatever the thing is, because you've got all these issues, you're holding back from what you can bring into the world. And so if you start to look at it that way, then it's like, we need you and we need your gifts and we need the things that you're doing. I wouldn't have been able to help over 500 women work online and leave unsafe marriages, leave being depressed, leave being bankrupt. They have completely changed their lives, but I wouldn't have been able to do that if I was like, well, I don't want to be on video and talk about myself because I'm self-conscious about my weight. Like, are you kidding? It would have been such a waste. So that I think is my biggest takeaway from it that I would share with everybody else too, is like, there is something inside of you that the world needs and it's getting stuck with all this crap and it's all just crap. And so you got to start to work through it and uncover it so that you can start to show up in the world that you, in the way that you were designed to show up. And 
I think that it's so easy, and I get this a lot, is to look at the way that my life is now, if you want to use me as an example. Oh, well, she doesn't really get it. She's like living in Bali and working on her laptop, and her life is so great. But it was so hard getting to this point. It was a whole bunch of really scary decisions. We were almost homeless. Like, I, my car got repossessed. Like, it was an ugly journey before we got here. I mean, there was some beautiful moments as well, getting to spend so much time with my son, watching my husband go through his recovery process. Like, of course, there was precious times amongst that. Um, but it wasn't this beautiful story that now, and now here we are. No, it was ugly and it was hard. But Frick, yeah, it was worth it. Like, are you kidding? I wouldn't trade a thing. I well, there's some things I would trade and wish they'd done differently, but I do like the end result that we got to. Um, and it was part, you know, it's that saying of like, the heart is what makes it worth it. Otherwise, everybody would do it. Yeah, people are like, oh, look at your life. Look at what you've cultivated. It's like, I quit my job when I had 26 cents in my bank account. Mm-hmm. I had my, I went down to lunch that day and I dropped my weight at the gym on my phone, my screen smashed. I had to buy it on, like, I had to buy it on my credit card to fix my iPhone screen. And then I got to climb it to Morton's the next day, buying a coffee, a dollar coffee on my debit card in front of my coworkers. So that was my state when I decided to, like, quit my job. Yeah. And so it wasn't like a, oh, like, everything's ready, all my box, everything's right. planned out. It's like, I moved back to my mom's house. I had no money and like I had this life that was supposed to be making me really happy like a corporate job and an apartment and the boyfriend everything was all ticked off but I was miserable and so like yeah like I actively had to work for everything that is my life now but I'm so proud of it because I worked so hard for it. Mm-hmm. Nothing's going to always be all lined up in a row like what you were saying before. And I think the other thing that people don't realize too is if you're in some kind of a corporate job or if you, you know, are dependent on a spouse's income or something, that could change tomorrow. I was, I was let go from a position or a partially remote job that was making six figures and I thought it was so great. After a month, they were like, sorry, we're redesigning things. I didn't do anything wrong. They told me I didn't do anything wrong. Sorry, we're redesigning things. There's no package for me, nothing. I didn't get anything. I was just screwed and had to start over again. And it was when my husband was healing. So I was alone and trying to figure out how to pay the bill. Like we've done this. We've all done this stuff, but don't get too cozy because your life can just change so quickly. And it's important to be in charge of your own money and know where your money's come from and know how to make more when you need to. Yeah. And on top of that is having that resilience, which is built by doing like this kind of work. So yeah, if something does fall off the map, a client does fall through or someone doesn't pay an invoice, it's not instantly like, oh my God, what do I do? Like, this is the end of the world. It's like, okay, no, like, I'm equipped to deal with this. I have the, like, I have the power in my, my tools, my skills. I work for other people. Like I can handle this. Whereas me, you know, like a few years ago working corporate would have been like, Oh, I'm, everything's done. Like I'm yep. over, but it's, yeah, it's really learning and building yourself up and having these different options for how you can live your life. And that's again, like the thing I love about, what you do, it's exposing, there's this whole other side of this, this world that you can live in, in your career, in your life, it can really be what you want it to be. It's just having that confidence to step into it. 
Yes, absolutely. And knowing that it's probably going to be an ugly journey sometimes, but that's okay. That's part of it. You're going to get through it. And part of you getting through it is learning that resiliency that you were just talking about. So the next time it won't be such a big deal and you'll be fine. (laughs) And then eventually can work towards that dream life. Like the idea of working on your laptop, living on the beach in Bali, that's like not real. People don't really do that. Yes, they do. There's a lot of (laughs) them. And that doesn't have to be your dream though. It could be whatever you want. It could be that you want to live in Manhattan or you want to be, I had a woman who was like, her dad was dying in the Philippines and she couldn't get off any time at work to go and spend with him. And she ended up missing him dying. And that's why she was like, I got to work online. I never want that to happen again. So it could be whatever it looks like for your life, but you have to know that those options exist and that you are in charge. There is no rules that you have to follow. You're in charge of how you design it and you get to do it however you want. Yeah. And I just want women to know that you can create your own life. It's possible. We are speaking to it right now. Like, and if you would have talked to me a few years ago, I didn't even know that digital nomads was a real thing. I didn't think that was possible. And all of a sudden, like once you realize it is your whole world opens up. So I absolutely love it. And if you had to weigh in on one thing that you think makes people happy, what would you say that is? So one of the things that I have learned over the last several years is that your value of who you are as a person will never change. You are valuable just because you were created and you are here and you are precious just as you are. So nothing you do, no fancy job, no fancy car or vice versa, no getting your car repossessed, no being homeless, is ever going to impact your value. So when you have that in mind and you keep it tucked inside, it makes you kind of invincible. So that's, if you can really hold on to it, when shit hits the fan, cause it will, it's life, that is how it goes. You have this internal thing and you know you can handle it because you know it's not really going to affect who you are and your value. Like you know that you know what, even if I'm in the homeless shelter, I'm going to, I'm going to be okay because it doesn't shame me. It doesn't say anything bad about me. And so I think that that is something that would be the most important thing I would say is <laughs> yeah. being able to hold on to how I'm, I'm good enough and I am perfect and I am amazing just the way that I am and being able, it sounds cliche, but being able to carry that around yourself, even when stuff comes up against you. I could not agree more. Like I could not agree more. And for me, yeah, I was, I thought it was all these external things. My life was going to make me happy in the corporate job, the having a different body and all these things. And it's only through finding that internal value. Like you said, that really solid, like I am enough as I am that you find that happiness. And then as well, like things in your life start to fall into place when you truly just lean into who you are and allow instead of trying to constantly change. Because even when you start to work towards your dream life, you're like, okay, this is what happened to Esther. Esther figured out she wants to move to Bali and bring her son. And she trusts that it's scary, but it's going to be okay. Don't think that everybody in my life was like, that sounds amazing. You go for it. No, they're like, you're crazy. You're going to die. You're probably going to be human traffic. What's your son going to do for education? It was a total shit show before I even left the country. But Esther knew inside of her that this was the right decision for me. And I know who I am. And I know that this is aligned with 
what I am meant to be doing. And that even if I go and it sucks and I have to come back, there's no shame in that. And I release that. And so that it was a really important part of that process. So even when you start to work towards things in your external life and they are getting better and better, you're still going to have those negative voices that are still going to tell you, that's still not good enough. <laughs> Why are you doing that? So you have to really be solid in it. Um, even when you're kind of moving in the positive direction. Yeah. And so now everyone's like, okay, this sounds amazing. I want this. Where can people find you? How can they work with you? Because they obviously want you because why would you not want to create your life that you dream? Yeah. So if I really, like I said, believe that the best way to start is virtual assisting. It pays really well. It's consistent. It's long-term. Um, you can work in niches that you're passionate about. And so for that, I have a totally free class. It's like an hour and a half of just value and me telling you more about how to get started as a virtual assistant and what they do, who to work for, what kinds of things you need to do it. And for that, you can go to 90dayva.com and also just follow me on Instagram. It's Esther underscore Inman. And I'm on Instagram stories every day and I give honestly, a free bonus class every week. Like I did one last week, 20 remote companies that are hiring right now. Um, or I'll do, you know, the top five online jobs that pay really well. So I'm always doing different videos to help you guys. And I'll do Instagram stories and posts with a bunch of tips on there. So if you want to hit me up with a follow on Instagram um, and or go to 90dayva.com, you'll get lots and lots of helpful resources on how you can start an online career that's aligned with who you are and how you want to show up in the world. That's amazing. And I'll put that all below so you guys can access it super easy. And I just want to say thank you so, so much for joining us today. Um, you just have such an amazing story and I'm so fortunate that I was able to share it with my audience. So thank you. Thank you for having me. I look forward to connecting with everybody more. Hey, you guys, thank you so much for listening to this amazing episode with Esther. Like we said, I think it's really important to understand the different opportunities you can take in your life and when you are in a career that you feel really passionate about and you're really excited about, oftentimes we don't feel the need to kind of fill that void with things like food or wanting to change our body because we feel really in tune and we feel like we have that solid purpose. So definitely check Esther out. And if you are looking for specific coaching around food and your body, then I also invite you to check out my website, www.victoriaevansofficial.com. Or you can find me on Instagram at victoriaevansofficial, where I love to chat with everyone, especially in the DMs. And I post a lot of content there. So I hope to hear from you. And thank you so much again for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed, please, please rate and review. It means the world to me. Until next week, you guys, I hope you have a fabulous day. Bye-bye.